0: So here's podcast about movies.
1: Burn after watching. Welcome, everyone, to the Burn After Watching podcast.
0: Hello,
2: hello. I'm Mary.
1: And I'm Borderland. Today, we talk about the highly anticipated Your Lanthimos movie, Poor Thing. Woo! Six months we've been waiting for this. We've been hearing about it. We've been wanting to see it. And finally, we saw it. And it's pretty good (laughs) it it,
2: it did not disappoint us but first
1: yes before we talk about this we're going to talk about everything we watched in the last two weeks and before we even talk about that subscribe on youtube tiktok instagram spotify apple Podcasts. we also now on google Podcasts, iheart radio podcast something like that amazon podcast hello we are everywhere we go in global
2: let's get started let's get
1: started because we have a lot to talk about the first thing we watch the Batman Matt Reeves 2022 2022 The Batman by Matt Reeves with Robert Pattinson as The Batman. Woo! This is a a rewatch for us. This is the second time we watch it this year. The Dark Knight was for a long time my favorite film of all time. This is when I was a bit younger. For people that love Batman, The Dark Knight has like was at some point for them. Their favorite movie of all time. I was so excited to see the new version because I was not a big fan of the Ben Affleck Batman, and this is something I can get into.
2: You loved it. Whew, I loved
1: it too. It's moody. It rains nonstop. <laughs> like I love that. He
2: did a great job. I loved him.
1: And he, he, he obviously play a younger Batman. Yes. You know, like I don't love superhero movie at all, especially all the Marvel stuff. It's just so re- like rinse and repeat. It's very much the same thing over and over again. The style is the same. There's no there's no visual identity to some of those films. It just feels like they all look the same, but Batman have a lot of visual identity. I think they they feel a different way.
2: I also loved the villain, which is uh, the Riddler yeah. in that movie. He's so scary. The first time mm. you see him with his mask on, like a full oh, yeah. face, like not leather, but... I don't know. I don't even know the material, but he's so scary.
1: It's like a Russian gas mask or something that he's wearing. For the majority of the, the film, he's, he has a mask on. And as soon as he takes off the mask, I really didn't like it at first. The first time I watched Same. this film, I was like, I don't uh, know. And, and he he sings Ave Maria. And I was like... It's, I still don't like that. Yeah. It it feels like...
2: Forced a bit?
1: Yeah. it It feels like, ooh, like he's this weird... Uh, you know, like he's Nerdy. this weird villain, and he sing things, and it's like uh, just it's weird. And but the the second watch now, um, I, I would say that it works. It works a little bit better. I, I do appreciate it. It's kind of like I'm warming up to it. And the scary part of the Riddler, which I really like, is that it's kind of like using this like um, online fringe community aspect where exactly yeah, like that. This is very real.
2: Very interesting. But what I prefer is really. The, the moment where when we don't see him, like yeah. the whole time we don't see his real face. Gosh, he's he's very scary. I liked it. And I like the concept of the riddles. Yeah, it's cool. cool.
1: It's cool. And, and I love that they, you know, the few people that had the chance to direct Batman movie are, are going in with different villains. Obviously, the Joker, like we want to see the Joker the Joker is the villain that you want to see. But I love that Christopher Nolan went with Scarecrow. Matt Reeve went with the Riddler, which is also like another big villain.
2: I also loved uh, Colin Farrell Ooh. as the Penguin. He's really good.
1: It's it's awesome. It, and I love that he's just like a, a old man with a pointy nose, but you know he's the Penguin. It was a great way to do it. He's actually getting a TV show. Oh, really? Uh, a Penguin TV show that uh, will be on... HBO Max.
2: And that scene, the car chase.
1: Ooh. Oh, that's
2: so good. That is such a great scene. It's fucking badass. And when Batman comes out of his, his car and the shot is kind of like upside, upside down. down mm. Gosh, it's so good.
1: A lot of really cool shot.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie.
1: Yeah, it, it's a big save. If you haven't seen it yet, I understand. It's like every couple of years, a new Batman come around. This is one worth going into New film, like the second one, will be coming in maybe two, three years. So you have the, the time to like pick this one up. Let's watch it. It's a, a three-hour film. It's not it's not short by any means. Goes but it's by great.
2: fast though. And a uh, special mention to uh, at the very end we uh, see Barry Keoghan mm, uh, yeah. as the Joker. Very quickly. <laughs> it, very quickly, and <laughs> it was announced and confirmed that he will be playing the next Joker, and we're really excited by that because we. Love him, love his all his performances. Great movie. I would definitely save it as well. Yes, four out of five for me. Me too.
1: Let's go to the next one. We watch. We were kind of in this mood. (laughs) We were in this. We were like, let's watch like (laughs) criminal, like dark and gritty, like you know, action. Not too much action, but like we wanted to watch this. There. I, we watched the town, uh, Ben we Affleck film from two thousand ten. Sorry,
2: we had both already seen it.
1: Yeah, just a quick rewatch there. I didn't like it as much as I remember.
2: Me neither. I would
1: say the Fenway Park, uh, the, Fenway oh, Park the Fenway Park, the uh, Fenway Park sequence is really all I needed in this film. That that. <laughs> w- no, I mean like it's. <laughs> this is where the movie really cash off. Like to be honest, the whole love story is very cliche and cheesy, and I didn't love it. I didn't need it.
2: But at the same time it would be a 15 minutes movie.
1: So yeah, but like <laughs> I, I kind of
2: understand what you mean.
1: I wouldn't mind like just say make a film where the entire 1 hour and a half of the film is one heist mm-hmm. from the like from the beginning to end like that would be interesting. That you don't get those paws it's just like nonstop heist
2: ben affleck is is pretty good in that movie i liked him but it didn't age very well i remember at first when i saw it the scene where they're wearing kind of the uh, nuns, nuns yeah i was like oh gosh I, it's cool yeah it was cool but now it's like okay yeah so i i think i have to burn it yeah it's ah. a tough
1: one like it's a three out of five for me yeah. If you yes. haven't seen it, I'd say, like, it's worth watching. But I don't think if it's worth rewatching. I I'm going to save it. Let's go to the next one. Oh, oh y- yes. Okay. Okay, everybody.
2: Alex has been harassing me.
1: <laughs> I've been harassing her.
2: <laughs> to watch the Lego movie. Okay, listen, I've seen... This I, is a, a 10-year-old movie almost.
1: Yeah, 2014. I thought I,
2: it was kind of new.
1: I've seen this in theater when it came out. I, I went and I was like, I'm, I'm in. Lego Movie, I'm in, <laughs> um, and it blew my mind when I saw it first <laughs> because it's. If you haven't seen this, like animation wise, it's it's insane. very good. Oh yeah, it's so good. And the attention to detail that the two director, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, it, it's is is awesome. If you played with Lego when you were young, there's a lot of detail. And one of the the, the really like obvious one is the spaceman um, Lego. When you bought it, there was a helmet you could put on his head, but because of the piece. <laughs> was kind of very tight a lot of time the front of the helmet would break and it was just a little cut and they actually did that in the film and it's like those little things also like uh eventually there's a ghost morgan freeman um wizard and what they did is that they, they put him on a little string and like when you were young when you wanted to have a a character like float you would put him on a, on a string and you would like make him like float like this i love this aspect of like Almost like nostalgia of like what it's like to play with Lego, bring this into the animation. They would have, they could have went just, just a regular animated mo- movie.
2: So I watched the Lego movie. <laughs> yes. That was your first Finally. time in 2014. So it was yes. a rewatch for you.
1: Yeah. I, I watched it a, a few times since.
2: Um, and I watched it for the first time. It was actually better than I thought it would be. Mm. It was cute. It was smart. It was fun. It was a bit much. Like, <laughs> I had kind of a headache at the end because there is a lot of colors. A lot of action. Very intense. Have to save the world from...
1: Lord business.
2: Yes. Um, it, was, it was fun. I mean, it's cute. I will not be re-watching this uh, what? anytime soon. Okay. So we need to action. watch
1: the Batman Lego movie. Because Batman is the best part of this film. Darkness.
2: I only wear black sometimes dark gray no <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, we we laughed I, I laughed a lot it was it's a fun. great
1: just time if you want to unplug your brain for a couple of hours
2: the tools they use to yeah. harm the other legos are like a band-aid uh yeah like toothpaste uh the crazy just, glue it's that fun. was cute and smart it was really cool it's i i liked creative. it i would save it and me I would too. give it a 3 out of 5.
1: It's a 3.5 out of 5 for me. Woo-hoo. It's a big, big save. <laughs> loved it. And the next one. Oh, Ooh. okay. Gojira minus one. Yes. The new Godzilla movie from Japan, not the American one. I had seen the previous one. You haven't. No. And?
2: I loved it. I I was so surprised. Wow. It was. It's such a great movie. I
1: guess you're used to like when you have a big monster like... You're waiting for the monster to show up. And then in between, especially the American film, yeah. y- you're waiting for Godzilla to show up. And when Godzilla's not there, it's like you're just waiting for the story to like bring back Godzilla.
2: But the characters were so well built, a great story, very touching. And both of us were crying.
1: Crying like babies. In at the, the end. end, it was wow. so
2: touching.
1: That, that's the thing, right?
2: You care. Yeah, for, for, the-
1: for For Godzilla to be menacing, you have to care about the people that are trying to survive the attack. Right. And and I think that's it. Like in the American one, sometimes I'm just like, "Fuck yeah, Godzilla <laughs> destroyed the city right now." <laughs> rooting because, for Godzilla. Yeah, I'm just I want Godzilla to because that's the fun part. And I like no like it's just people that have no name in, in the, the film. They're just there to to kind of die. Here you have first of all. Post World War II Japan, great place to start the film. Great settings, a lot of things. Also, Godzilla is a huge metaphor for the the. Post well for the the nuclear war, uh, but also post war Japan. So much interesting things there.
2: I didn't know that. You told me about it, and I was like, oh, okay, this makes so much sense, and mm. it gave more sensibility to the story. Yeah, and I think the fact that it was uh, because when we came back from seeing Godzilla, like the day after, I think we tried to watch the one from. 2018 is that it
1: uh i think it's 20 yeah 2018 shin godzilla
2: and it was very di- well first of all it was there was we couldn't find the japanese version yeah so the fact that it was <laughs> it was dubbed. it, yeah, in it was gosh i i just couldn't yeah get into the story and it was very different as well so that one oh my god it was so good
1: yeah so so shin godzilla is in modern time and it's it's a what they're using Godzilla for is a metaphor for more like uh, climate, climate change. change and also the government's inefficiency to respond to 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 problems. Um, it, the it,
2: idea wasn't bad, but I felt there was so much discussion, and I, I get it, it that it's to point. show yeah. the, <laughs> but it was kind of yeah, ugh, it, got it's, to a little yeah. bit boring. And,
1: and uh, what I like about Godzilla minus one is that. The character you really care about, and the main character is is a, a kamikaze uh, pilot that didn't actually go through. And the Godzilla also represent a PTSD kind of thing, where he's waking up, he's dreaming about Godzilla, and and for him, it's like the nightmare of war, keeping him, uh, like ca- like continuing chase to chase him. Be- and and, and that's interesting
2: because he didn't do his job. A lot of other. People got killed, so he carries with him those pictures of the family that yeah. got killed. It's very interesting way to and show he, the, his PTSD.
1: Gosh, like Godzilla minus one is is is, that's what blockbuster should be. Just yeah. it, it's fun. It's Godzilla and like the Godzilla itself. And is even awesome.
2: Yeah, and my mom uh, came with yeah. us, and she loved it. She thought it was a great movie. I would. I'm definitely saving this movie. Big save. Big save. I would give it a four out of five. i I would never expect to say this it was a great movie and i would definitely re-watch it yes and godzilla himself like himself not him but (laughs) itself itself (laughs) um (laughs) when he's in the water and you kind of just see the 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 Mm. back it made me think so much about first time i ever saw jaws jaws yeah and it's so good he's so menacing
1: Gosh. And yeah. Oh, gosh. And the nuclear blast. The oh, first yeah, yeah, time you yeah. use it and his scale just. Yeah.
0: Boom,
1: boom, boom, No, no, no,
2: no. Yeah, we had a good time. One you of the best films of the year, see it.
1: to be honest. Like, it's, it's not going to be a top top five, but it could be a top 10 movie for me.
2: I agree with you. I loved it. Awesome. Next up.
1: Woo! Okay, that's an interesting one. I don't remember why you weren't there, but I was, uh, I had some time alone. I was alone. with uh, my brother. And um, last episode, we talked about May-December, uh, the new Todd Haynes film. Great film. Recommend. from b- both Yeah, big recommendation from it. both of us. One of the big um, inspiration or influence for May-December is Persona by Ingmar Bergman, the Swedish, I think he's Swedish, director. I've seen this when I was in, in film school. Um, That's a long time old. ago. It's yes. an old movie, 1966. Right? Old Old, I old film. I
2: never heard of this movie and I had no idea it was um connected with May December or inspired by
1: it, Yeah, big influence. You, like if you watch Persona, you'll definitely see how it, even the poster of May December is directly influenced by some of the shot from Persona. Quickly the story is is an actress has kind of a personality crisis and she decides to stop talking because she feels like she's been lying. She has a nurse taking care of her. So the nurse and her move to like a beach house and they live together there. The nurse for the first time kind of feel like she can be listened to because normally she's just kind of going through life, um, just kind of checking, you know, the boxes like I'm going to get a husband, I'm going to get some kids, I have a career, I went to school and for the first time because she's with someone that can't talk, she's just talking, talking, talking and kind of can explore the thing that she's guilty, she feels guilty about and, and a bunch of like inter- interesting exploration um of her life. The both of them start to merge. Uh, they, they start to share a lot of, of trait of personality. Uh, the nurse become more and more like the actress to a point where when the husband of the actress come uh, visit her, it's actually the nurse that first show up and the husband thinks that's his wife. And then she's like, no, I'm not your wife. And It's like, what are you saying? What are you saying? And then eventually she started believing herself that she is his wife and just have a full conversation and kiss him and and mm. as if she was the actress. Interesting kind of exploration of the duality of of personalities and and how how people built their persona. Did you love it? I liked it. It's regarded as one of the best films of all time.
2: I feel that the idea for 1965 is yeah. avant-garde. It's very interesting. Is it still you know, a good movie. Yes. As of n- yes?
1: Yes. Visually, it's cool. Really story's nice. The story's good. The story's interesting. The big problem is that there's a lot of, like, film school... um putting quotation here for the <laughs> listener. <laughs> film school kind Shots. of, like, abstract stuff. Like, th- there's, like, a 5 minutes montage at the beginning of just abstract, you know, people laying in bed naked and then flash of lights and people looking at the mirror and touching the mirror. It, like, very... And that's probably, like, super deep meaning. But, like, to me, it felt like yeah. a bit pretentious film school stuff. And it, mm. it comes back a few times. And that I didn't like. There was a lot of really cool thing they did with, like, the the, the decor and and um, the, the visual, um, like, the actual, like, props. The place that they are. There's a lot of interesting things. They use shades, like, see-through shades in the house very interesting to show through those shades and it's like this it becomes this mirage kind of look mm, okay it's interesting i i'm happy i rewatched it in the context of may december it's not a film that, that i feel like oh my god it's like the best film of all time like i understand why people might like it i'm gonna save it i think if you like may december give it a watch all right pirate of the caribbean the curse of the black So the first pirate movie I remember watching this when I was young. This is another film that I watched a lot when I was young um, and being very scared of, like, the skeleton yeah, stuff.
2: Yeah, there is, yeah. Very scary, weird as a child or, or kind of teenager. To me, I mean, it was it was good. It's It was a good, entertaining story. Yeah,
1: it does its job.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> to me, like, Johnny Depp, his role as kind of uh silly dorky oh i like that it's i mean it's okay but it gets on my nerves a bit really oh yeah really huh yeah and karen knightley is kind of there to be pretty in this movie i don't know it's it was it was good it's good but at in the end uh at the very end i was like okay this is long i felt that there was a lot of uh combat like battles with yeah. the swords and everything I was like okay and the guy that loses his eye like a few times I'm like okay like at, at first it's funny but then it, it gets like a little bit re- repetitive and then maybe this is why it's for child not child I mean it's for teenagers. family it's, it's, I, yeah I
1: think for a family entertainment I prefer this over like the the movie we're getting now for family oh, which yeah. I, I feel like I' so like yeah, yeah, yeah. like I don't know, blah. Uh, I mean, I guess I mean, superhero movies are like replace those kind of film.
2: It was good. Yeah. It was good. But uh, it's fun. A little bit long.
1: I, I agree. I In my head, before watching it, give it a star rating. I would say like four out of five. Yeah. And I bump it down to 3.5.
2: Yeah, me it's a three. I I, I would I, save it though. I wouldn't burn it. It's oh a, yeah. It's a good classic. It's.
1: And I would argue the second one is maybe not better. as. Oh, okay. Uh, better? Oh, I don't I,
2: know. I, I'd have to rewatch it.
1: To me, it's 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 a lot of people think it's bad. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's either as good or just below as good as the first one. If you which like, which one is kind of the film. one
2: with the uh, the the guy that's kind of an like octopus face? That's,
1: well, I think it's the second one and the third one. That's Davy okay. Jones. I, I like that. It's a good time. Like that's the type of film I can watch
2: once well, every twenty years. though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, like every three years.
2: Yeah. Oh boy. This
1: one. I have beef. Yeah, With me too. So
2: Maestro. Maestro. Uh, directed Cooper. by Bradley Cooper. He also. With Bradley Cooper. Yeah, exactly. Gosh. This is It does so much. It's yeah. trying to do so much. It's a biopic, first of all.
1: Yeah, from uh, Leonard Bernstein. Yes. A composer. It has a lot of buzz right now. This just released on Netflix two days ago for us, so about a week for you guys.
2: I think the best part of this movie is. Carrie Mulligan. Exactly, <laughs> she is great. Wow, great, great, great in this movie, and so yeah. she's she play she's playing his wife. Yes. So basically, it's his story, but we don't learn much from him that much. I feel that the story was mostly based on the fact that he was. Uh, bisexual or homosexual, yeah. and his wife knows, and th- so they have this agreement where he can, I guess, just well, spend I, like, time or sleep with other men, and yeah, as so long as he's just dis- discreet. Yeah, uh, and there's there's a lot of story of the story based on that. Yes, um, it's a, lo-
1: a lot more about the men than the work. Like it's yeah. not, it's not mu- they, you do hear a lot of his music because they use it as a soundtrack for the film, mm-hmm. which. We both didn't sometime love how they did, weird. right? Sometimes it felt like they They, they just put a song without yeah.
2: thinking of, I think they were the trying, of the emotion of that scene.
1: I think they were trying to be a bit unusual by putting some song in, in non-traditional places. And it didn't work for Not, me. I, I get it,
2: but neither. it didn't work for me. Many dance scene that uh, automatically we were thinking about La La Land, which we adore... And but it was a diet yeah. version, and like you said on our Instagram, uh, of La La Land, a very, very kind of weird, and even him dancing, yeah. felt very stiff. Yeah, um, he, he
1: looked very So, the, the first, I would say about 45 minutes an hour is in black and white, and this is where you get a lot of La La Land esque sh- scene and shot, where they use a lot of his music, and like you said, he, he Bradley Cooper has to dance. And it's very stiff and awkward, mm. like when you compare it to the way that a Ryan Gosling would be. Ooh, mama! So, <laughs> so like um, natural. Yeah, natural. He's Gracious. So good at when it when he's dancing. But
2: obviously, I don't mind that I'm not here to see Bradley Cooper dance. But, but it he's was just dance. kind of weird. It, it, it just felt weird.
1: very, very like on, like as if they didn't practice almost.
2: Also, I have a huge problem with the shot of him at the very end it's in red and he's sweating like he's yeah. totally wet dancing with so he's, he's like 70 years old
1: one thing is that he uh, Bradley Cooper wear a lot of prosthetic because to he, make him yeah, look yeah he older. looks a lot different um, in and there's yeah there's protest prospect sorry prosthetic to make him look older and older over the film but you also have a, a added nose. And also, I think, like, different, like, you change the shape of his face.
2: Oh, yeah. And so, in almost the end of the movie, there is a shot in red. He's in a nightclub. Yep. Uh, He is wet. He is sweating. Because he's dancing Mm -hmm. with a younger man. And I was, I was like, why? Why, though? Such a weird scene. It was, to me, it was completely useless. And it kind of took me out of the movie.
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's some... Unnecessary. Pacing issues. The last five minutes of the film are just so out of place it totally takes away all the emotion that was getting built up in the even the last last shot of the film is just so visually doesn't work with the rest of the film it's a totally different visual style totally different visual language it just doesn't work it's it's not cohesive i think bradley cooper is do a pretty good job i think sometimes it's like wow like i can't even see Bradley Cooper he's like a different person and sometimes it's like yeah, it looks like a guy the voice or something like doesn't doesn't really
2: yeah the voice
1: yeah it, it, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't Carey Mulligan is like impeccable
2: I would burn this movie <sighs> I'm sorry it's a tough one it's a tough one I'm going to have to burn it I'm going
1: to burn it too because I think it's not worth watching but I you will hear about this film and you're going to be tempted to watch it because it like look like the type of film that would be very good
2: yes I agree but but no. No.
1: Three out of five. Yes. And you know what? I was even thinking... Me too. Should I lower it to 2.5? Me too. It really feel like this guy saw La La Land in 2017. He was like, oh, that's how I win Oscar. I'm just going to do that. And mm-hmm. then it took him three years to do it. And then he's really sick now. And it's messy. And he's going to win.
2: Overall, it's messy.
1: Bradley Cooper recently... Uh, you haven't seen the, the movie Burnt. No. Which is a cook movie. He's a cook. Ugh. and he, It's very typical. Like if you've seen a kind of... Uh, a chef that has fallen out of his grace and uh, is I'd rather coming watch back. Pig then. No, 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 no! But it's it's good. It's yeah, good. Yeah. Burnt is really good. It's the poster is terrible. The cook with the ends crossed in front of a kitchen, like the most basic shit you ever seen. <laughs> but the film is actually good. And that's the movie that made me like Bradley Cooper, except he speaks French and it's terrible. plus Pourquoi pas? Okay.
2: It's Dan. It's time for Dan.
1: It's time for Dan again he's my best friend
2: great person yes
1: but he loves watching odd movie oh, yeah. and today he's going to talk to us about a movie we have no idea what it is let's,
0: let's get find it. out this week's episode pearl harbor oh wow uh, just finished watching it mine's gonna be a little red and puffy no oh. <laughs> i don't know what it is the combination of josh hartnett who's an absolute heartthrob and ben affleck together ben affleck's in there yeah. Their chemistry alone is palpable. <laughs> I feel like I can I can taste my tears. They are very salty. Um, this movie, huge cast: Dan Aykroyd, Michael Shannon, Ben Affleck, Josh Hartnett, Alec Baldwin, mm. Cuba Gooding Jr. No, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I saw this movie I think when it first came out, and the most memorable scene, even to this point, not nothing with the crying, which there's a lot of moments of crying. But Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. on top of the Navy ship with this machine gun <laughs> thing that goes over. It's like two yeah. giant seas nope. with the single gun, and he's just firing on this thing, just shooting down <laughs> the enemy pilots and he's just screaming like an absolute madman. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the best. That's the absolute best. With all of these movies where there are pilots, um, They always go by colors. Red one, blue one, green one. Why don't pilots in the world go by fancier colors? Gold one, (laughs) teal two. Teal. Maroon five. (laughs) Nothing but good things to say. I think I've seen this movie like 10 times at this point. I
2: saw it twice. But
0: (laughs) at the beginning, why would Josh Hartnett date his dead buddy's girlfriend? Like, that's, <laughs> that's breaking all the codes. Like, it, it must break all the codes. It's only been three months, and they just moved on, and they started dating. That's weird. Craziness. Anyways, Polar Harbor, four out of five stars. Ooh. Very confident there.
1: God. I, Ten I, times, then? That's that's a lot, because I, I don't <laughs> even remember. I, I think I've seen this once. You see, you said you've seen it twice? Yeah. Yeah, What's I feel the, like...
2: When did that come out?
1: Oh, God. I, I have no idea. I... Like I, I thought it was considered a bad a bad film.
2: No, I don't think so. Two thousand one.
1: Yeah, see, it's two point the average rating on Letterboxd two point seven out of five. So it's considered Oof, bad. Not great. It's oh it's directed by Michael Bay. That's what I thought. The mm-hmm. guy that did Transformer. I We'd I We have to uh, rewatch it. Yeah. I mean I feel like it's probably oh, it's three hours long.
2: <laughs> okay, we won't Gosh,
1: it kind of uh, bring it all around to Godzilla. Well, this is the this is the last uh this is this is it. Okay. This week it's a bit different because we normally watch a spotlight film, which is a film that is directly connected to our main film. So th- this week, porting is our main film. The spotlight film we wanted to do was the favorite, which we did watch, but we were such in a, a yorgies mood, um, that we decided to also watch The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Let's before we, we talk about those three films, let's rank Yogo sentimos film so i'm gonna start i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my favorite is the favorite then I would put portings then I would put killing of a sacred deer and then the lobster. I do think there's chances that the fact that I just saw portings it's the recency bias might make me feel like I like it more than I want. And I do think that if I rewatch The Killing of a Sacred Deer, there's chances that those who film get close to each other. The favorite is my favorite, then Poor Things, then Killing of a Sacred Deer, then The Lobster. What about you?
2: So my favorite is Poor Things, and then The Favorite, The Lobster, and The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Let's talk about uh, about The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yes. um, 2017. Yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell. And Barry Nicole Keoghan, Kidman.
1: Nicole Kidman, one of my favorites.
2: That was a weird, a very weird and disturbing movie.
1: Mm, I love it. <laughs>
2: very interesting, but... Um,
1: so quickly, Colin Farrell is a surgeon. And uh, we learned slowly that he had alcohol problems. And that he might actually have killed a man because he was... A patient. A patient, sorry. Because he was doing a surgery a surgery while either angry or actually drunk. Yeah. And at some point, the son of that man um, is kind of part of his life and seeing him... And Colin Farrell is seeing him to kind of try to, you know, kind of like make, him, make sure he's fine. Uh, obviously care for him. Care for him. Try to help him out.
2: But things: uh,
1: And things go wrong. yeah <laughs> and it becomes a very a very abstract film that has a lot of:
2: Well not abstract. Well, it's, it's very concrete, but you kind of don't know why things are happening. Yeah, so that's. The abstract there's a lot of part.
1: metaphor yes. and there's a yes. lot of things that are aren't told and mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. never told, just left up to interpretation. and I, I think this is where I guess um, you didn't like that as much as I did.
2: Well, it kind of bothered me because what bothered me is that everything was hap- Everything that was happening to his uh, family, yeah. to his uh, children in the first place, was caused by Barry Keoghan, but with no logical explanation. Yeah. So in the time of the movie, so you kind of have to look up the name of the movie that gives you clues to understand. What Barry Keoghan stands for in this movie, and it's not well to me. To me, it wasn't obvious.
1: I, I yeah, and and to me as well. Like I, I guess you
2: didn't figure it out in the end. We had to watch. We yeah, watched.
1: N- not the exact explanation, but I think I I had an idea of what it could mean, and I was not really that close. You weren't
2: sure though, because you no, no, were I thinking, wasn't. okay, maybe this is not happening in this time. Maybe he's hallucinating. So,
1: what uh, I know is that. Like what I knew is that your ghostlandemos tend to have story that seems to be based in the real world, but there is always ninety percent real, ten percent not real. Mm-hmm. But it's always like it's a twisted version of reality. Right. So in my head, I was like, okay, so there's
2: there's some there's a twist there that we yeah. have to understand. Same thing
1: with the lobster, where it hap- happened in a world that could that seems normal, like our everyday world, but, but there's one thing that is just like oh, no, it's not the same.
2: To me, though, in the lobster. It was more explained. So yeah. just just uh, quickly, in the lobster, if you don't... Uh, if, you n-
1: if you become single.
2: And you, you can't find a relationship, a partner. You have partner, 30 days to find a days, partner. You become a lobster.
1: Well, no, you, you have to pick an animal. You oh, pick yeah, an the animal it. you Sorry. want. Yeah.
2: And so that was c- clearly explained in the lobster. But the killing of a sacred deer doesn't answer those questions. Well, and I like the, that. I understand. But the end is... Very tragic. I like it. Very <laughs> dark. I liked it. It was okay. Okay, no. for In the first place, I was frustrated and yeah. I didn't love it. And then we did more research and found out that Barry Keoghan represents God. God, And and it's his judgment day.
1: I like how it's somewhat similar to some of the theme from The Favourite. In The Favourite and in uh, Killing a Secret Deer, so Killing a Secret Deer, you have Colin Farrell that have a God complex that believe he's above a certain amount of people. And in... (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) Well, yeah, he has a God complex. And in The Favourite, you also have multiple characters that um, believe that they are better or smarter or take advantage of someone in a position of power and believe that they actually are able to manipulate that person. And at the end, both those characters are basically being told, no, there is someone above you and you, should, you are below that person. And in The Killing of Sacred Deer, you have basically Barry Kilgan, who, has, who represent God, making Colin Farrell pay for his sin. And in The Favourite, you have the Queen basically pushing Emma Stone back down to where she belonged, like taking back her power over Emma Stone.
2: I was about to say, I wish that I had done the research before seeing the movie because it would have helped me understand more what was going on. But then again, it's okay. I mean, I would save it. At first, if you would have asked me like, the 10 minutes after, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, bur- burn this shit.
1: The 10 minutes after the film <laughs> ended was like a a fierce conversation between the two of us. <laughs> I was
2: frustrated. Um, I still don't love this movie. I'm going to save it though, because I find it so interesting. And the fact that we've seen four of his movies, to me, he's such an interesting director. Yeah. He is so complex. He's so... Different and weird and interesting. I love him. I love weird stuff. But it's not weird just for the sake no, of no, no. being weird. It's smart. Um so yeah, but it's my least favorite movie that I saw of him, but I would still save it and give it a three out of five.
1: I, I really liked uh Nicole Kidman in this as well. I oh think, yeah, um, she's so good. I mean I loved her in the author, one of my favorite film. And this is gonna remind me of of the same character very similar vibe horror thriller and and I was I was on for the ride big big save for me as well yes. this was a great um, a great two weeks I think we haven't watched uh, I mean Shin Godzilla you didn't love I, I, I still like it I would save that and uh, I feel like we watched something else but we just didn't even finish it uh, but I can't remember now
2: Let's move on uh, to the favorite.
1: And this is my favorite. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, with
2: Emma Stone, Emma Stone in this movie is great, and also the other actress. What's her name again? Rachel. Uh, Not the queen. Whilst but yes, she's great whilst. in that movie. Yes. Very very good.
1: Um. Overall, great cast. Visual, the opulence mm-hmm. of Victorian era, the dresses, the music. Wow. And and I. It's beautiful. I, I feel like. A step up in in the quality of of in the richness of the decor and and the, the sets to me compared to like the lobster and, and well, it's, killing. It's
2: completely different. Different era. Completely um, different.
1: But I l- like Spencer. This like those those kind of film. Like I love that. And, and the queen in there is oh. just like a big baby that scream all the time and such an interesting character. I loved it. Like, t- obviously, this is my favorite one. I think for Yorgos.
2: And Emma Stone is also very mm. vicious in this movie. She's a brat. She wants to get things her way, and she's ready to do a lot for that. Poisoning Rachel with tea and
1: and like marrying the right man and yes. you know all to rise through the rank. And it's it's a big. It's it's funny, right? We, we were also talking about how Killing of Secretaries have a similar plot. Than Saltburn, like s- similar story, and I feel like the favorite Emma is kind of similar as well, where she's someone that's coming into like a very rich family and making her way up until she Parasite. has power. Parasite too, yeah, a lot of a lot of those, right? Yeah, Emma Stone is great.
2: It was a great movie. I loved it too.
1: And let's just go straight into four things. Expectation going before seeing it. What, what was your expectation did Great. you think it was happening in the real world yeah from the trailer yeah See, well I
2: mean not the real world I mean because I knew that she was a creation we kind of yeah get that Frankenstein from the, kind of from like, the thriller but yeah from the trailer but um I was just it's the world that they created
1: for for some reason I yeah I, I believe like my belief was that there was the black and white from the trailer the black and white was real world. And she was somewhat of a prisoner, uh, like Frankenstein slash prisoner in a house. And everything in color was like either imagination or like pizza pan kind of-esque.
2: The moment when we first see her appear on screen is so good. So it's in black and white and she's wearing kind of, most of the time, long dresses. She's kind of learning to walk. And so once you understand why she's a grown-up woman but she's trying to walk and she's surrounded by different animals that are created like mm-hmm. say a French bulldog with a duck and she's evolving in this house with William Defoe who's great in this movie who created her it's it was like one of my favorite part favorite part of the movies it's yeah. she's so fun to to watch she has absolutely no idea what is How she's supposed to act, how she's supposed to eat, what she's supposed to say, think. She she's just so free and innocent.
1: Yeah, innocent. That's the thing. Naive. She she's basically never been affected by the outside world. She's a a grown woman, but as if she was a newborn. Exactly. And one of the first things that kind of like shocked me was. Willem Dafoe is eating at a table <laughs> and suddenly you just burp a, a b- bubble. bubble and the bubble just pop. And it's almost, n- uh, so it's not addressed at first. It's kind of explained later on. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, Willem Dafoe in this like really great uh, his performance and there's a kind of circle of abuse aspect that is his is, is dad was mo- like really not taking good care of him, like oh, hurting know. him. Yes. But uh, he's rationalizing a lot of the things that was done to him. Basically just applying whatever his dad told him. And he continued living his life pretty much like his dad. You can say that he's actually doing similar things to now Emma Stone's character, Bella ba- Baxter.
2: Well, he's, he's taking good care of her yeah. in his way. But then it, then she gets tired of being in the house all the time. And she yeah. wants to explore the real world she wants to go outside and it's so funny the first time they go outside is so there's this character max that he uh, william defoe hires to uh document documents and get some dot, data out of bella baxter yeah
1: just learn like how fast is she learning things
2: and her hair growing and yeah. what she eats and everything and so for the first time they go out in a, um, like a calèche, in a... In
1: a chariot? Uh,
2: And then you see, like, the head of a horse. Oh, yeah. It's a false horse with wheels. Anyways, it's super interesting visually. It's super creative. And they go for a picnic. And Max shows her a frog. It's the first time she sees it. Oh, yeah. And automatically kills it. Anyways, it's just... She's super funny and interesting. And she just wants to get out of the house. What I love the most about this movie is the bella baxter Mm. um the performance by emma stone i love how naive she is and because she knows nothing about the world and about social conventions about how she's supposed to act she's very unpredictable she wants to explore everything she has no idea what how she should be acting what is socially accepted or not and that was so refreshing yeah Uh, so for example she's just eating something and if she doesn't like it she'll just spit it out no matter where (laughs) she is even the fanciest restaurant she has no idea also uh, how a relationship works how what love is how she's supposed to feel so she is so spontaneous and it literally drives one man absolutely crazy because he cannot control her.
1: So Mark Ruffalo play a lawyer that uh, decide to whisk uh, Bella away on a trip. And first, it's b- purely to like take but advantage she, of her.
2: But she wants to go, though, because yeah, she wants yeah, yeah. to explore. She so... wants to
1: explore. For her, it's just a way to get out of the house with Willem Dafoe, right. fall in love with her. He wants her because she's still different. But at the same time, it, he wants her to be different and wild when it's like convenient, convenient for, for him. him. When she starts sleeping with other men or doing things that he, she doesn't like because she doesn't really follow the, the rule of society. Um, she wants to explore. She he gets mad, but he's kind of... Crazy about her, and you kind of follow them for a big chunk of the film.
2: And it's interesting as well because all the men character in Bella Baxter's life are trying to control her. Yeah. Except one, who is Max, which she got engaged with. Yeah, uh, at the beginning. After, yeah, <laughs> at the very beginning. She doesn't know what it means, and yeah. he seems like a nice guy, and he is a nice guy.
1: Bella will kind of go on this trip, and she go to Lisbon, and then she go to Greece, and then she go to Paris, and she kind of learn things about life. Um, kind of step by step. There's a very interesting, uh, like one of my favorite part is when she goes to, she's on a cruise ship and she meets this old woman and uh, this man that she's with. The, the man is kind of a pessimist, uh, doesn't believe the world has, you know, much to give. There's no hope for a human, right? Like we are doomed for being kind of creature um, that, you know, ju-
2: people are dishonest, sad, yeah. and manipulative.
1: And just gonna kind of be realistic. And he brings her to see kind of like poverty. Bella's reaction of seeing something so sad for the first time, right, is heartbreaking. Oh, it's yeah. really interesting. And even Eve feels bad for showing that to her.
2: And her reaction is so kind and so interesting because so what she does is uh <laughs> take all the money that Mark Ruffalo won at the casino and naively gives it to two employees of the ship for them to go deliver it to the poor people. And that's her first reaction, that and crying. Yeah. And I felt for her in that moment, not when she gives the money because I'm like, okay, well, obviously it <laughs> might not go to the right people. But when she's crying in bed, seeing such horrible things, humans, we've seen so much pain and so such dramatic uh, wars and stories and we've kind of...
1: We lost sensibility to it.
2: Yes, her reaction is very touching. Very pure. Very pure. And her whole character...
1: It's just not a type of thing that you see often in film. Yes, you you might see a character uh, going through a brand new experience, but we're talking about a character going through the entire life experience. She has zero notion of what a woman should be or Mm -hmm. society is like. Uh, what it's like to interact with people, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. She 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 start from zero, and that gives you, gr- like the the some very painful and real moment, but also a lot of the comedy is driven through yes. that. Yes,
2: the way she dances, her reaction with new people she meets, questions they ask, she can ask them. <laughs> It's totally unappropriate when you meet someone new, but then again, the pr- Martha, for example, yeah. answers such in a great way, and
1: and I think one of the things that the movie explored the most is sexuality, her sexuality, from maybe the, like first thirty minutes all the way till the end. This is a very major, important, uh, theme and and question in a lot of, and the movie is just asking tons and tons and tons of very big question in terms of like. Having a movie that explored that many subject and that deeply, it's one of the best execution I've seen.
2: And also, once you uh, find out in the very beginning, but she only finds out in the very end what she is, how she was yeah. made. It's very interesting, very smart, and very Frankenstein, modern Frankenstein. I absolutely love this movie. Visually, it is beautiful. I want to own every <laughs> outfit she's wearing. We even at, came out of the theater. I'm like, okay, I Let's need a blue store. sweater. <laughs> <laughs> and the music, yes, gosh, the so music
1: good. is insane. Like you don't hear stuff like this. We like it's not just great mu- like a music. A lot of
2: sound sounds yeah. just
1: weird and and kooky. It, it almost and uh, visually, like you said. The, the costume, but like the decor, oh, the yes. houses, the color, sometimes yes. it's like almost too much. It's so like in Lisbon, yeah, it's overpowering, but like in a gorgeous way. The attention to detail, like oh, the, yeah. the house where she lives with Willem Dafoe, is there's so many things that I, I feel like you need to watch two or three times oh, to agree. get everything. There's yeah. even shots at the end during the, the, I don't know if you saw, but there's a bunch of shots for the, the cred to roll. And they show parts of the house. Mm-hmm. One thing that I love in the house is uh, their living room, instead of having a carpet, the entire floor is a couch. Yes, yes, yes. And it's so yeah. funny, they're just sitting yeah. on the floor, but like, it, the entire thing is a couch, mm-hmm. just like cushion on the floor. This is the type of thing that you have a director that the vision is just, whoom! Yeah. Like he knows what he wants, he knows, like it's, it feels research, it feels like something that he spent time thinking about. Everything is cohesive. Everything works together very well.
2: And we also talked about there's one kind of big part of the movie where Bella experiences something that I won't
1: say. I think uh, you can say it. Yeah? Prostitution.
2: Yeah. So they have no, mo- no more money and Bella is trying to find work and this old lady um, kind of introduces her to prostitution. I wish she didn't have to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. But I understand the statement that is being made, um, how society judges and perceive sex work as a bad thing. A And if you did that, you're a whore or slut or whatever. <laughs> Am I not supposed to say this? But, no, but it's and and yeah. when she comes back with her final husband, Max, <laughs> it's like, I hope you can. Forgive my whoring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I think this passage of Paris, which is like the big part where prostitution is one of the big theme, it's interesting. I don't hate the message, but I think there was more interesting to do. And this is where the film got a little bit long. One of the critique is that it's a bit long. There's things that I think could have been tightened up. I agree, even though. I don't know where to cut. It's kind of like you, you expect it to kind of end and then boom, like you, you have Something another 15, happens. 20 minutes to go yeah. tr- because this character is introduced very late and he brings kind of another facet mm-hmm. of 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 the of Bella's story. And it, it was needed. And I love that part. Me too. The Paris section and the boat section, A I little feel bit like it could have been tied up.
2: But it was interesting though. There's one moment when... Um, there's a client that comes, uh, a man that comes, and all of the, the women are lined yeah. up. And she says very candidly, why don't we get to pick the customer? Yeah. And that's so interesting as a question.
1: And it mirrors. So, interesting. so yeah, she's like, "What wouldn't you want the person to sleep with you, to, to want, want you? to sleep with you? And at the end, there's a mirror question that is very similar where she's with Christopher Abbott. She's in this marriage that is forced upon her. And basically, he tells her that you she cannot leave the house, or he's gonna kill her. And she says to him, "Why would you want me here if I don't want to be here?" Mm-hmm. And this is like a big question that, and there's just so many themes here. Like it's gonna be hard to like,
2: but it's one big at one yeah. big theme at the same time, like about How, control and yeah. uh, forcing yourself to do stuff you don't want to do. And Mark Buffalo
1: character is a big thing on this. It's yeah. like. He wants very specific things, but he also wants the craziness and the impre- like the, the, the fact that she's not predictable and that she does what she wants. Mm-hmm. He like that. It makes it uh, attractive to him. but at the same time he wants the control. So it's like, I want those things regardless of what you want, but also, you know, I, I want you to not give me what I'm expecting. It, it's a very interesting dis- dissection of like relationship and, and you know human relation. And I
2: like that the di- the director is a man doing a critique on how men act with yeah. women and the control and how society is trying to judge women, what they do, what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to act. Anyways, we loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I would save this movie. Obviously, yeah, it's a big save. And I would give it a four point five Ooh. out of
1: five i think it's a four for me um, yeah. really really enjoyed it i think just the visual by itself Oh yeah i agree it's gonna be a hard film to get into i think a lot of people it's gonna be hard because it's one very Oh, what do you mean well i think the the theme are sc- are confronting oh yeah it's it's there's a lot of violence as well because your ghost has this gory aspect to it like you'll see bella like stab uh, a, a, you know, a corpse, uh, you know, and stuff like this.
2: But it's in black and white, so yeah,
1: <laughs> it's not extreme. The sexuality is extreme, yes. so this is definitely a eighteen sixteen, maybe plus type film. If it was the first Yorgos Lanthimos <laughs> film you've seen, that might be a hard watch.
2: Well, it's. I recommend you see this instead of the Killing of a Sacred Deer. If it's I, your first
1: it's, one. <laughs> it probably feel more. Um, uh, th- it, th- does it feel more kind of like familiar, killer, because it's in the weir- real world? I feel like The Favorite is the best Yorgo Santamos film to start with, I- even if like I know it's my favorite. I, one, agree, I but agree. I think it's the best Most one accessible. To get a, get, a, get a feel of the vibe of the type of thing that he does. He's, he's such, so talented. He's such a weird awesome director like the best type of weirdness it's not like pretentious weird it's not like weird for the sake of being weird like david lynch it's really david lynch it's really like (laughs) proper well executed weirdness
2: it really didn't let me down
1: i i I I loved it i got to say my i was expecting a a i was expecting a bit more not, not a bit more damn it it delivered what more do you <laughs> want it delivered on everything visually uh artistically the music the performance the story was unique i do think that i wish he just cut 20 minutes and make it like a banger also i feel like the character Sorry, like bella number two what was her name there, there's a second oh
2: uh, i didn't like that yeah that's, yeah, that's it I, like nothing I happened with her i know they kind of created a second bella because they missed bella because they missed her yeah that was
1: and nothing happened like it doesn't would, it's kind of a empty. Yeah. like it doesn't i think
2: it was a way for for him to go back to william dafoe and max yeah but it could have been done in another way i agree with you i, I didn't just wish that, that
1: character i was expecting yeah something interesting there maybe like regardless of what you do she she becomes exactly like bella where like the mm-hmm. it, but this, i guess but it's that like that was this, this comment that um that like regardless of of wh- how you try to switch off your experience or your context or anything like human are distant to like in in the same direction where like contr- like something like that i feel like there was maybe an opportunity there to make a comment but it was kind of like not explore great film yes Great film! This is the last um, episode of the year. Thank you for for the four first episode of our podcast. We will continue the first uh, the next the first episode and the next episode the first one of next year is the top film of the year. We're gonna we're gonna go down in our cave and like uh, think about our top debate five, and make debate and debate, sure. and we're just gonna talk about movie we love. Uh, great great one to like just tune in and get a feel for what we like this year. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Have a great one.
2: Bye.